the, the writing process, if I'm honest, is probably the easiest part, particularly if you've got a good idea and um, I, you know where you're going with the story and you've got good characters. Your characters have to have substance. Um, but for me, it's starting at the end and working back. I didn't have to do too much of that with this book because it happened. I had a timeline. I had the characters. I had the, the backstory. Um, but sometimes it helps if you start at the end and then work out how you're going to get there. Everybody, welcome to Living the Next Chapter. I have somebody with me today from across the pond from Canada, and I'm uh, very happy to have Maisie Sullivan with us today. She has written a book, and I have it up on the screen beside me, Five Days in Istanbul. I'm interested to hear a little bit more about the story and the story behind the story. Maisie uh -huh. Sullivan is here today on Living the Next Chapter. Hello, okay. Maisie. How are you? Yeah, um, Five Days in Istanbul is very much based on a true story. Mm. The main characters in it are real people that obviously change the names to protect the innocent. 90% um, plus of what happens in the book is true, uh, although it might seem quite unbelievable because it is pretty chaotic and, you know, how much can go wrong in five days? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I could probably get into some trouble in five days. My wife would have to probably uh, bail me out, but yes. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> we the, the, the characters do get into quite a lot of trouble. So, you know, the three quite long-standing friends, completely different personalities, but, you know, they've been friends for a lot, lot of years. Mm. So, um, yeah. Excellent. So when did you write the book, Five Days in Istanbul? I wrote it in my head over the last 20 odd years. Okay. I started writing it physically in June of last year, 2021. Okay. And before we hit record, you were mentioning that you're going to be possibly making this into an audio book. So if there's an author listening, yes, is that a difficult process for you to start off to take your book and put it into it audible is form? Yeah, it is. Um, I've, I've downloaded a program, which I understand is widely, widely used by, you know, lots of people for different things, for podcasts and audio books and music and all sorts of stuff. Um, I've only had a very brief mess with it today, um, but it seems quite simple. But there are there are rules, I think, that you need to follow um, in terms of you know, good microphones and headphones and silence and, you know, as well as the program itself. But it looks so it's once you get to know it, it's relatively easy to use. Yeah. And for someone who can't read, maybe it's a visual um, obstacle for them for reading to have an audible book and hear, yeah. hear the author speak the book is a yeah. great thing for people to really get into. So that's exciting. Um, it is exciting, yeah. and I think um, 
if if you read it yourself, they're getting the authentic version of your ideas. Yes. You know, so rather than having a complete stranger that doesn't perhaps understand idioms and yes. you know idiosyncrasies and accents and stuff like that, you can really put your own spin on it. It's interesting. I've heard several audiobooks and the author will be reading the book as it's written and then they'll pause and they'll say, now something's changed since I wrote this. And then they'll just kind of step off a little bit and talk a little bit about this. Or I got some new knowledge about this event that I didn't know when I wrote the book. So I'm going to give this to you as extra. And then they come back to their, their reading and continue. And you're like, you feel like you just got a bonus that other people who have the book didn't get, you know, and I always thought that was interesting yeah. as well. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Um, I haven't actually read it myself. I wrote it, but I haven't read it. Mm. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think when you write it, you 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 know it so well that perhaps it's not, you're not going to get the same images that somebody that's not familiar with it will get. So I might one day... When I've got nothing better to do. <laughs> so the book Five Days in Istanbul, is it, ac- is it actually based on real events then? Yes, very yeah. much so. Does that happened to you so. personally? I couldn't possibly answer that. Oh, really? Well, okay. I could, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it is coming from real events though. So people, there's a, there's a real, this happened to somebody, right? This actually yeah. did happen. Okay. Yeah. So um, roughly how long ago, um, would this person be experiencing this? Is it not it's recent? No, it's recent. It's recentish. It's okay. very late nineteen nineties. Okay, okay. So, um, so I have I never been to Istanbul. No, um, beautiful place to visit. It's it's a beautiful place. It's um, very eclectic. There's history, there's modern stuff, there's, you know, around every corner, there's there's just something new. And that's one of the problems that, you know, in five days, you just can't physically see it all. No. Um, I love history, anything to do with history. I was looking up your part of the world where you're from as well. But I just love the stories behind how a place came to be or the special places that people visit or maybe people don't know about. Mm. Um, is there anything in Istanbul that stands out to you as, as a traveler that you had to see, you had to experience? You have to go. If you go to Istanbul, you have to go to Hagia Sophia mm. and the Blue Mosque. Okay. They, they, they're, they're sort of in a central square, basically opposite each other. Mm. And they both go back centuries. And actually in the book, I do talk about both of them, roughly where they're located, a bit of the history behind them, hopefully some imagery that people can pick up on of, of what they're like inside, yeah, how they came to be the way they are. Um, and the other thing you cannot go to Istanbul and not go to is the Grand Bazaar. Hmm. It's, um, there's something like three and a half thousand stalls selling really? everything Definitely. from, you know, plastic tat to 
spices that you probably wouldn't find anywhere else to wow. belly danced in costumes to gold to any you know you name it it's there it's like stepping back in time it is very much so very much so from uh, for for us like from a western society point of view it would be completely different than going to our local big store and everything under one roof and you know it's you're dealing personally with the person selling right immediately that's amazing i'd love to see that that's it's, it's absolutely mind-blowing yeah it's the only way i can describe it and um i don't know if they still do it now but the grand bazaar is situated very very close to the bosphorus the, the river um the bosphorus sea and when we were there it used to be like walking along the bosphorus all these little stalls food stalls and little boats that had been out fishing in the morning. So you could literally walk for about half an hour hmm. and have a seven-course meal as you're doing it. <laughs> wow. It was absolutely amazing. It really was. Wow. So do you, do you enjoy traveling? I love traveling, yeah. yeah. I've, I've been very lucky, very lucky. Nice. Yeah. And But what brings you home? What, what, what do you love about coming home again? I think it's the seasons. Yeah. You know, I lived in the Middle East for 10 years. I taught in the Middle East and it was always summer. And it was very hot, very yeah. humid, and not much greenery. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's what I missed really about the UK. Mm -hmm. So that's that's what brought me home. Beautiful. Okay, so for some for an author that's listening to our podcast today, what are some of the tips that you would share with them about the writing process, things that you learned along the way as you were, as you were writing your book? Oh, the, the writing process, if I'm honest, is probably the easiest part. Okay. Particularly if you've got a good idea and um, I, you know where you're going with the story and you've got good characters. Your characters have to have substance. Mm -hmm. Um. For me, it's starting at the end and mm. working back. I didn't have to do too much of that with this book because it happened. Yeah. I had a timeline. I had the characters. I had the, the backstory. Um, but sometimes it helps if you start at the end and then work out how you're going to get there. Actually, yeah. Yeah, because you need you need to build the character story, the arc, yeah. everything has to be built. Yeah, it, it's 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 like a roller coaster, you know. It sort of builds and builds and builds, and then and then finally you get to the end, and there's got to be some sort of resolution, unless you're writing a a trilogy or something like that. Um, but the writing part itself is, for me, anyways, the easy part. It's everything else that goes with it. You, you just want to tear your hair out. <laughs> you know, um, like even even down to the simple things about you know, do you self-publish? Do you approach mm -hmm. an agent? Do you approach a publisher? What costs are involved? You know, um, typesetting, formatting, editing—they're all the, the for me the harder bits. Yeah, unless you've got a lot of money to invest, which yeah. a lot of independent authors just don't have. Mm -hmm. But you can do it on a, on a budget. You really can. Was there any point in the writing process where you 
or you took a break or you stalled or you needed more inspiration? Not once I started. Okay. Um, I, you know, I started writing, as I say, my first words went down in June last year, middle of June. I didn't have a word written. Mm. Um, I, I didn't have a book cover. I didn't have a synopsis. I didn't have a pitch. Wow. But it was published on the 10th of December. <laughs> <laughs> See, well, there you go. So did you, did you give yourself a timeline to have it done by, or did you just kind of let the process happen? I, I did. I I did have a timeline. Okay. Um, I I joined a writing course. Oh, good. Just, just to sort of help me polish off bits, which was phenomenal. Um, in fact, I'm doing another one now, but slightly different content. So how did um, you find a writing course? I'm interested in how you it found popped it. popped up on Facebook. Oh, good. Um, and it was a there was a, a pop up group for five days I think it was, and that's what really pushed me because mm. we had to every day we had a challenge. That's good. You know, to do the book cover, write a pitch, put five hundred words into a chapter that you're writing. So it sort of forced you to really think about the process. Wow, and you're doing this with other authors also writing yeah, at the same there time. there were, I think, in that group, there were about 180 of us. Nice. So it was very, but very supportive. We had accountability groups, so everybody helped each other. And, you know, there were people that had some skills, others had other skills, and, you know, everybody worked together. So it was really good. So you're not completely on your own to create or be inspired yeah, you can. I mean, it, you know, I, I would recommend anybody to join a writing group or a writing course or, you know, get on Facebook, find find local people to you if possible. You know, if you can meet up with people and bounce ideas around, that's a good thing as well. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great that's a great tip for sure. Um, did you self-publish then yourself? I did. Okay. I know I did. Um and I found it. I found it relatively easy to do once I got my head around the formatting. I mean, I did. I did everything. Mm. I did the the formatting. I did the, the typesetting. I did the editing. I um, I used some software programs to check things like grammar, readability, um, stuff like that. And they, they were all free. So yeah. that's why I say you can, if you want to, if you know, if your your key thing is to get your book out it's possible to do it without having thousands of pounds to invest. That's great. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk a little bit more about the book then. So as a reader, what will a reader experience when they read Five Days in Istanbul? Um, for me, it's a journey about friendship. Okay. It's a journey about support. It's humorous. It's dramatic. It's chaotic. Um, the tagline on it is actually... A journey of mishaps, mayhem, and mischief, and that just about sums it up. <laughs> because really, from immediately from the beginning, the first chapter, it's chaos, and it, it just goes from there. Really, and every day is something happening. Um, as I say, drama and stupid things, and one thing that almost got one of the characters arrested. Oh no. 
um, which was quite serious at the time. Um, but the other two sat back and drank coffee and ate chocolate. <laughs> wow. That's, yeah. So how many characters in the story? There's a there's a lot of characters. There's three main characters. Three main characters, okay. Um, which are the three friends, and then there's sort of incidental characters throughout. Um, a mad oh. coach driver that we really thought was going to kill, you know, pe people on the coach. Um, <laughs> waiters, um, reception staff, a, a carpet seller outside one of the mosques that wouldn't take no for an answer. Mm. Mm. I'm saying no more because <laughs> <laughs> that was that was almost another arrestable offence. Really, any mm. any big cultural things that you've seen compared to your hometown and where you're from, compared to Istanbul, where you were unaware of maybe a cultural difference or not when not when we were you know when the book is set. It was um, it's Istanbul is such a cosmopolitan city. Okay. Um, and there's a place called Taksim Square, which is one of the big, um, without going to the bazaar, without going to the soup, it's, it's a big sort of shopping, but the, the cafe culture and the, you know, the smells and the atmosphere and the people and the, you know, the, the book is based in um, around January time. Okay. And even in January, Taksim Square area is very, very busy uh, with, with, locals and tourists and people that live in Istanbul but in the summer it's you can't help but be carried along on a wave of people you know it's oh. so busy there yeah. um, and like I say that's I'm going back 20 odd years now so it's probably changed mm. a little bit from there um, but it, it's the welcome the Turkish people are very welcoming very friendly um, very accommodating, you know, and there's, there's, I don't think there's anything you could look for that you couldn't find there, mm. you know, and now I think they, they've, they've done a lot more about arts, you know, music and culture and galleries and museums that weren't maybe there when the book is set okay. that are there now. So, Wow. It's exciting. So the book is available through your website. It's available through my website. It's okay. also available on Amazon. Okay. It's available in Kindle edition as well on Amazon. Nice. And then? And then the audio book okay. hopefully will also be available probably through my website. Good. When it's, when it's finished. Yeah. Excellent. That's amazing. So anything else that you can tell us about the book, the writing process that we can share with our listeners? Um. <sighs> I, I'm not a perfectionist per se, and everybody finds their own way of writing. Some people I know write and then edit, mm. and then they read it and they write and they edit and then they repeat that, whereas I basically wrote the book and then went back and edited and formatted and because... For me personally, if I stop to edit, I lose my flow. Yeah. Lose my thought process. Yeah. 
you know so for me it worked better that way but everyone will find their own way of doing it you know you do what works for you and one of the key things I would say is write every day it doesn't matter how much or how little just get in the habit of writing something every day even if it's absolute rubbish Mm. There is another word I could use, but I won't. I'll be polite. <laughs> but but get in that habit of writing just, and just you've got to get in that yeah. habit of writing every day, like I say. And you know, a lot of people that want to write will also be working and they'll have families, they'll have homes to run, they'll have yeah. you know, life going on around them. But if you can just plan in, even if it's 15 minutes, mm-hmm. you know. Take a notebook with you. Take a, if you can't write, use your phone, record. Yeah. Look for ideas everywhere you go. You'll be amazed at what inspires you. You say, oh, that'd make a good story. What can I do with that? Yeah. So, again, it's it's being aware and it's observing what's going on about you wherever you are, people, conversations that you overhear, silly little things that you can then build on. But the key thing is write it down. And you never know where that inspiration is going to come from. You never know. You never know. And also, um, if you write something to do with your story and you're not happy with it, make sure you save that because you never know. Yeah, that's a good point. Where you might be able to, somewhere else you might be able to use either the idea or the concept or the character or, you know. So when you were. Throw it away. Yeah, when you were writing your your thoughts, were you writing them on paper? How were you capturing your I thoughts? I type them straight oh. in. I don't write. Okay. I don't, yeah. yeah. I, my writing looks like a, a spider's just crawled across the page. <laughs> I'm the same way. Yes, yeah. exactly. I'll hand something to my wife and she'll look at it and go, I, I have no idea. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, we'll do what works for you. I know some people record into their phone or yeah. whatever. They'll just capture their thoughts on the go or whatever that is. But keep that, keep that going all the time. Keep that going, yeah. The other thing I'm always interested in talking to an author is who inspires you as an author? Is there an author that you like to read? My. Reading tastes are very eclectic. I do like crime dramas. Um, I've read probably every Agatha Christie book ever written. Mm -hmm. Um, I like Linda LaPlante. I like Ruth Rendell. I like, you know, those those sort of genres of writing. Um, But I like a book that's easy to read. I don't like complicated books. I read... um, J.K. Rowling's alter ego, Robert Galbraith. Mm. His strike books are phenomenal, but they're way big. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're like That's bricks. a commitment, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a commitment, but they're very well written, very well. You'd expect nothing less, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's, I, I'm hoping, you know, I've had some good reviews on it, but, you know, whoever's bought it and read it has found it easy to read and also relatable because there's nothing in it that isn't possible for anybody else to experience. 
Yeah. And if anybody then goes to Istanbul, hopefully they'll see some of the things I talk about in the book. And maybe avoid getting in trouble. And hopefully avoid getting into trouble <laughs> on the way, yeah. <laughs> There's some definite things you could put into practice just from reading the book. Yeah. Well, I, could, I could always send you an e-copy and you can look for yourself. Oh, there you go. I would love to see that. That would be great. <laughs> and, and, and Istanbul is a gorgeous place I would love to go visit someday. And uh, it's nice yeah. to be able to read a book and live vicariously through the author and imagine yeah. yourself there and yeah. how would I um, do you know, I do try to describe those main places and the, the um, what's the word I'm looking for, the sort of contrasts between the modern and the old, you know, the Byzantine mm -hmm. and the mosques and the, the minarets and the bazaar and mcdonald's on the corner <laughs> yeah you know, exactly yeah it's like what <laughs> um yeah it's it's a fabulous city it's definitely worth a visit excellent definitely excellent so Maisie sullivan is here Maisie sullivan author.com the website and the book five days in istanbul mm -hmm. if you're planning a trip to istanbul i would say this must be a must read before you go but as well enjoy a book that's written with uh some great stories and again you can avoid some potentially interesting interactions by reading this book and preparing yourself for a that's trip. the key word preparation there you go there you go <laughs> there you go thank you so much Maisie Sullivan for being part thank of the podcast you. today so nice to to chat with you again and um everyone please go check out the website go and take a look at the book and make sure you uh also Keep your ears open for the Audible version, which will be coming in the future. Really Thanks. appreciate having you on today. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed it. Thank you, Excellent. David. Very Thank good. you. Hi, guys. This is Dave from Living the Next Chapter, a podcast designed to connect authors and audiences. We're always on the lookout for our next interview. If you're an author, a publisher, and you have a book, whether you're just starting, whether you're halfway through writing, or it's all done and you want to tell the world, that's why we're here at Living the Next Chapter. Get in touch with us through livingthenextchapter.com, contact us, and let's set up some time together to discuss your book, to discuss your project, and how we can get you on the show. My name is Dave, and I would love to speak to you. So go to livingthenextchapter.com. And let's get over there together and discuss all the great things that you're up to as an author, as a publisher, and let's grow your audience together. Join us on livingthenextchapter.com for great authors and an audience that's eager to hear about what you're up to as an author and a publisher. Contact us today and let's get your book out in front of others. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next one.